Hello, hello, and welcome, welcome to the Rhythm and Love podcast. I'm your co-host, Melvin. And I'm your other co-host, Nick. Thank you for checking out the show. We are back. We took a bit of a break there. Yep. Because we were busy with another little project. Uh-oh. And Uh-oh. we're going to talk about it because something came out Ted on June 25th. Hmm. A little song. Uh-oh. Called Not Myself. Wow. By this uh, by this band, uh, Texas King. Hmm, never heard of them. Never heard of them. They but you should have, Melvin. They must be a European band. You know what? Uh, if Canada is part European. Ah, interesting. Uh, if we are. Because uh, you're the drummer for that band, Melvin. Oh, whoa, I must have forgot. <laughs> <laughs> you're so modest. You forgot yeah. you had a, a new single coming out. It, yeah. It, what? Yeah. It's, it's, it's an exciting day. It's it an is. exciting okay, day. Okay, okay. I am very excited um, about it. It came out today, and it's been a long time coming. A uh, little backstory, that song was actually one of the very first songs I wrote with Texas King uh, four years ago. And there, we used to play it kind of all the time back then. But it was a completely different song, like, all the verses are pretty much similar, but the drumming was just obnoxiously way too busy. Um, so I'm very happy the way it turned out now. Was it was the drumming obnoxious because of how like what you were envisioning at the time? Oh yeah, or, yeah. I was like playing. Okay, I was playing like the drum beat, very similar to like "Down" by Blink One Eighty Two. Okay, the verses over the verses. So it was like. Okay, I and then I had like this ridiculous bell pattern in the pre chorus. It was like boom, boom, ding, 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 boom, boom, I was like, it, it didn't take long for Phil to be like, um, pass, yeah, pass. And was like, at the time, oh, why you like it? Yeah, whatever. But you know what? When your rhythm partner tells you, hey, don't do that, take note. Hey. I trust Phil with my life. Um, I think anyone could trust Phil with their lives. Yeah, yeah. But it's especially rhythmically. I trust mm-hmm. I trust his opinion. We we rhythmic life partners. <laughs> so again, the single is called Not Myself. Streaming on all platforms. Yep. Spotify's, Google Music, your Apple Music. Yep. And it's a banner. And Everyone's loving it. I love oh, seeing all the stories boy. being posted about it. Oh boy. All the love. <laughs> oh boy. Yeah. Yeah. It's been nice. Very, very thankful. I can't wait to hear it live. <laughs> I hope we uh I hope we pull it off. Um but okay, okay, okay. How about this? So Okay. Not only did oh I guess so not myself came out, yep. but our guest also released a full freaking album. Boom, baby. Same day. Same day as not myself. Great day for new music. Uh, our guest, his name is Ian, a.k.a. Arrested Youth. Yes. And he has a new album that has came out called Nonfiction. 
and man it's great like i love the album i it's fantastic yes like i remember when we, it got sent off to us uh so we could hear it before the release i remember just listening to it and being like this is very very uh blink very 21 pilots very eminem very yeah. chili pepper very kendrick lamar yeah but also being so unique in its own ways yeah very much himself and like you know i've i'll be honest i never heard of him before we got before Same. we talked to him yeah. before you know we set this interview up and i was thoroughly impressed and was could not wait to talk to him yeah yeah man um totally like i was instantly uh like a fan of him uh after the interview and kind of going into it i checked out you know a bunch of the songs i really like his song bright side but um man like you'll hear it in the interview like this dude was like inspiring like me like real time he was saying shit mm-hmm. and i was like i freaking love this dude he's so sick. yeah I, I I got to sit beside you in person as we record this one. And I saw like you, you literally were like hopping up and up and down in your chair, just being you were so inspired. Yes. And it was it's it's hard when we get to talk to these awesome guests like Ian and not feel inspired. Yeah, I mean man, just he's so young and he's accomplished so much in such a young little bit. Or, uh, sorry, not a young little bit, but like a, a quick, you know, four and a half years. Um, mm-hmm. When you look at other bands, um, that's pretty, he did very well for himself and uh, very excited to watch his career grow from there. Absolutely. So let's just get into it. Let's yep. share a chat with Ian. All right. Well, um, if you're avoiding the uh, rain today, or if you're celebrating your band releasing a new single or a full-length album. Uh, Grab yourself a drink and enjoy the show. What did you get up to today? Today, I have been, well, as as you know, um, with this album being out, we are uh, going on tour in august so i've just been rehearsing today it's been it's been my whole day yeah that's that's amazing where are you going on uh on tour it's our first headline run um and it's all through the u.s we start in california um and we end back back in california so it's uh it's about 16 dates a month long um and yeah i'm really really pumped to be out and playing this album uh live it's been a, a long time coming yeah, dude, that's uh, that's always exciting. So this is the first time doing the headlining gig. This is our first headline show. Yeah, yeah, we've done a lot of opening runs, and yep. um, it's exciting to finally, you know, hold hold our own show. So I'm yeah. pumped, pumped about it. Exactly. See what numbers you can get. That's right. That's right. They're high up. Yeah. Yeah. You um, doing like kind of club circuit or? We're doing a club circuit. Yep. Um, it's all like, like two to to three 300 cap shows and a lot of markets that we just like have loved and a lot of venues honestly that like when we did club tours before opening for other bands um we just like loved and they're great venues and we're slotted for 
I'd say like 75% of the tour is in places that we love to play. So I feel really good about that. I'm pumped about that. <laughs> yeah, man, that's uh, that's wicked. Yeah, especially after the last year and a bit that we've had, like people are fiending the live music. So yeah, the shows yeah, are going to be a blast, I imagine. Yeah, absolutely. And I've as as I've just kind of been um, getting you know getting used to playing this album live and creating the sonic for it. Uh, it's definitely like my favorite batch of music yet to play live. So I'm, I'm, I'm extra excited to to do this one. It's like, it, it feels like a, a real celebration in, in, in the world of music for me. So yeah, I'm, I'm pumped. Dude, that's awesome. Glad to hear it. And like you're, you guys are in the U S so everything's opened up quite a bit. Like yeah. Still, I think looking at fall for Canadian bands to tour the country. Right. That's what I heard. Yeah. So, but it's yeah. nice. some U.S. bands are coming up. Like I believe you guys can come up here. We just and we can go down to the U.S., but it's a little tricky. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so, man, why don't we take it back a sec and just explain to us how you kind of got into music in the first place? Yeah. So my journey music's been interesting. I actually, I, I, I didn't grow up a musician. Um, I didn't grow up an artist. I, uh, I was actually like the the least musical in my family, but. I found music through means of hip hop and freestyling when I was in high school. Um, so I always kind of had an idea for lyric for, I kind of had a knack for lyrics and, and coming up with concepts and, and being very lyrical forward. It wasn't until later on that I, you know, developed the understanding of melody and songwriting, but um, long story short, I, I kind of first, I'd always loved music my whole life. I found my first bit of um, actual uh, experience with creating music in high school um, I kind of gave that up and went and did business school and college and and followed kind of the corporate business life for a while and right. uh, but always kind of loved music and then a year into working in 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 the corporate world I took a took a took a little risk and and jumped into a, a full fledged career in music and luckily it uh I got it to a place where I you know it's it's my full time job so it was uh, it was like I said it was definitely uh, a less than traditional way, right? Like I didn't grow up an artist writing songs saying, Hey, I'm going to be this musician. I'm going to be this thing. Um, it, it just came through different experiences in life and just finding love for it. And I think that definitely reflects in the way I write songs and what I write songs about, you know, I like to really put a lot of like real life into my lyrics and just normal things that normal people can relate to as opposed to just being, you know, like a super, just like this artist. Right. Yeah, so yeah, I would say that's really helped me kind of develop the sound and the style that I do, which is again, like relatable stuff, right. It's yeah. not like, you don't have to be an artist or to relate to my music. You just have to be a person. Man. I love that actually a lot. Um, quick question about when you're doing the corporate gig, what were you doing? What was the position? I was so out of school. I, I did this. It was called the Global Management Program. I was selling, long story short, I was selling beer for Anheuser Busch. But it was in a corporate kind of uh, environment. We were kind of like segmenting through all the different business functions of the corporation. Um, you know, be that like marketing and PR and and finance and all the supply. I mean, all the chains. Um, just kind of getting a knack for the whole company. So um yeah bunch of really really smart kids and it was a good experience but i you know i i I knew actually going into that that i was going to pursue music so i quietly kind of worked on my first project while i was doing that job and 
ironically, actually, my first uh, EP that I ever put out called Fear, um, I wrote the majority of that while working that job, kind of recording it in like, it was a traveling job. So I kind of like recorded it in a lot of hotel rooms and different apartments. And yeah, it was a, it was a hustle. Okay. I guess yeah. I guess with the uh, with the traveling job, it kind of, you're like, okay, this could be like a tour. <laughs> yeah, it got it definitely got me. Uh, it definitely got me prepared for tour. When tour came around, I was kind of like, "All right, I've traveled and and made music in all in different cities. This this can't be that much different." So, yeah, I think uh, I think it gave me a leg up for sure. Yeah, that's fantastic. So, man, I I wanted to pick your brain about this because um, you know you you mentioned taking a risk and starting to pursue music full time. There are a lot of people out there that are dreamers, and we we're all dreamers. But you know that is one of the things. I don't know if you watched The Office last season. Andy Bernard says, "I'm going to quit my job and pursue fame of any kind or whatever." Um, and he had no backup. Like it was just, and he also yeah. didn't really have that much talent. So, what did you do that actually? made it possible like what was the things that you okay i'm going to quit my job but what am i going to do to fill that time and make this career the most successful it can be yeah that's a that's that's a that's a really good question and i i feel like you know as i'm sure you all as anyone would agree that such it's so specific to each person how they're able to make a career for themselves and whatever it is if it's music and music isn't the only thing that you have to take a leap and like and and bank on a dream right like there's so many careers especially these days that you really have your yourself to fall back on to make happen and um it's it takes like it takes a ton of courage and a ton of resiliency and a ton of um just emotional and like thinking programming to really keep you going and keep you um, integrated and involved and like, and, and, and willing to continue to do it. Right. It's really challenging, super challenging. So I think for me, it was always about, um, do I believe in what I'm like, do I really believe in what I'm doing? Like put the, of course there's, there's things that have to be there, like the ability to make income and the ability to develop and sustain and progress a career. Like these things are all super like, uh, um, vital, right, to the process. But under all that, with how much of a hustle it is to be an artist, or again, to pursue something that really all the, it all falls back on you in the end. Whether you sink or swim is, is completely, there's no one else there to do it for you. Um, and I think that really just comes down to me. It was to, to build something that was authentic, um, something that I owned and that I believed in and that uh, was me and that was genuine. Like that's the course that I've followed with the rest of youth. You know, I've had this project going for about three and a half years, and like like you you guys know, I'm about to put put out this. I guess when we've done this, it's been out, but you know, this 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 my debut studio album, and um, all along, like what's gotten me to this point, and what I know will continue to get me to the next steps in my career, then whatever those next um, um, success points are, is just truly believing in like that what i'm doing has validity and um and is is genuine to myself and can actually help others and relate to their own life and grow in their life and i've tried to always keep that really at the top of why i do music and why i built arrested youth like i know there's a lot of stuff out there that um makes a lot of money 
but maybe isn't as as um who am i to say but what i will say for me is that to keep it real like that has been really important and it's allowed me to keep going and not feel like a like a gimmick or uh or a bullshitter you know yeah 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 that's very cool man (laughs) keeping it authentic uh, yeah you 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 said you kind of you all had to kind of carry all the weight yourself did you have like a support system around you did like your friends you know once they heard it they they encourage you right away people yeah yeah i mean look that's another thing that i for sure got really lucky with i i have a supportive family i all my friends have always been supportive i have a great manager you know i've had producers and people who i work with and people on the label side who who have really supported me so i've i've been lucky right like i I don't say that when i say everything falls on you i mean at the end of the day a lot of it does fall on on you as the artist but that's like anybody who owns their own business there but it's never just going to be that one person like myself to make it all happen there's been so many incredible people who supported me with this um and and i'm super and i'm incredibly thankful for that yeah i i I gotta say like i got lucky with the friends family and coworkers that have allowed me to do this and to continue to do it and to put up with the bullshit that comes with having an artist in the family or having an artist in the in the in the lifeline so um yeah I'm, i'm definitely very grateful for that so in you know with this podcast we like to talk a lot about uh sometimes we get into business and just really how things work so that the listeners can learn from it maybe apply it to their career like you said before everyone's career is a little different right and how you get there yeah it, it's <laughs> it's been different every band i've been in has been a totally different yeah. path but you know you've got management label and booking <clears throat> How did you go about building that team? Like yeah. the emails, did these guys catch you at a show? They caught you yeah. on Spotify doing well. Like how did that all come about? Well, it all originated with my manager who is his name is David Carlson. And I, I'd say at this point, my manager, we're business partners. We've really built Arrested Youth from from nothing to what it is now together. Um and, and having him was, you know, instrumental to my success, right? Like I, he, he did a lot of the initial outreach to figure out where it'd be a good place for us to first start releasing music. You know, he did a lot of initial outreach with where it would be a great place for us to have a home with the touring agency and with the publishing agency. Um, And then obviously after those initial outreaches, we, we collaborated together on finding what was the right fit for, for myself and, and of course him included. Um, So really having like, for me, it was having a, a manager who became like a partner who had already had some industry experience who really helped me navigate. And, you know, now three and a half years in, I'm, 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 I'm able to, to navigate a bit more myself. Right. But, um, but he taught me a lot of that and, and we still navigate everything together. So yeah, for me, it was having for, for arrested youth to have happened. It was really about this, this one guy coming and believing in it, which was David. Right. And, We've had, because Arrested Youth has always kind of been an underdog in its own right. Um, you know, we've been told no tons of times right. by different yeah. people. Yeah. Um, and it hasn't ever really mattered because Dave and I are just going to keep doing what we do, right? So yeah. that's, that's for me, that's like the takeaway of that question. My answer is like, sometimes it's, yeah. it, 
different people are going to come and go, right? Like I know that is going to continue for me, but to find that even sometimes like it's just that one person that literally turns the dial and, and, and the cohesion between the two of you can, can make things happen. So wow. yeah, that was, that was the driver for, for putting together the, the initial core of the team that I've developed. Yeah. Man, I love that. Yeah. You just need somebody in your, in your corner sometimes. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Yeah. Um, yeah, dude, that's uh that's super sick. I'm glad you found that because yeah, it, that can be the struggle and just getting that one person can take almost, you know, four years and you've been able to accomplish quite a bit in those four years. And I think it's just awesome. Yeah, it's Thank fantastic. you, man. Yeah. Appreciate yeah. that. Yeah, Keep it up. Yeah, for sure. So one thing I want to talk to you about is uh, you talked about how it's a lot of like, you know, it's very personal, your work and it's very you and it's a lot of people can relate and, you know, doing the research beforehand, you know, reading the YouTube comments and seeing how many people are like, you know, this song helped me. This song like has helped me get through this, or I can relate to this so much. How does that feel as a lyricist and like a music creator in general? How does it feel seeing those comments? Yeah, it's great. I mean, it's, it's gratifying. Right. And it's, and it, there's definitely, it's definitely validating because that's, arrested youth is that in its essence right like it's it's songs when i go and write a song it comes from my own inspiration and maybe one of my own struggles but the underlying question that i ask before i write the song is like how how is this concept or whatever i'm talking about how can it relate to others besides just me so when yeah when i see any comments or any you know the messages i get whatever that says I relate to this and it's helped me live my life. It's, it's, it's everything you would think it's, it's great. It's, it just shows that the, what I set out to do with the music is doing what I hoped it would do. So, um, yeah, it's, it's awesome to see that. Yeah, man. Now let's expand on that because that is sick that it's working, uh, and people are engaging and they understand or they, they're understanding your music and relating to it. Now you went an extra mile and you wrote an EP with your fans. Is that that's mm, Yeah, yeah, I did. Okay. How <laughs> yeah. did you do that? Because like I'm there's another artist I like. It's not he's not doing it with his fans, he's doing it with like people that he's endorsed with and he's trying to write this album and he's calling it the puzzle. How do you go about so like what did you do? Did you send them a track and you know, play. A no, like it was, it was real time. Like it wow. was, it was, it was pretty sick. Yeah. I was, it, COVID had just hit and I was at the time I was, I was just on like a Instagram live video and I just messed around in the studio and, you know, I just want, I knew everyone was just at home, not doing anything. This is the very beginning. This is like two weeks into the announcement that we were really locked down. And I just, you know, I just, yeah, I just knew people were, were kind of, um, sitting at home constricted. So I was messing around every now and again, I'd get on and just work on something in the studio and let the live chat just kind of go. And, um, I just figured, Hey, why not let people take part in this one? Like everyone, you know, everyone wants something to do. So it just went really well. It started kind of as almost a joke. Um, but it went so well that, uh, I said, Hey, we'll, we'll do this again next week. Like, let's get in and we'll write another song. And that one went really well. And it was a lot of fun. And I had just finished the majority of this album. So I wasn't in the studio as much as serious. I was, I was kind of just having a little bit of fun because yeah. I had finished the bulk of this album. 
So um, the second session went so well that I said, fuck it, let's, we'll do a six song EP. Um, and it was all live. Like I would just set up, uh, I would set up a studio session. I would put on Instagram live. I would play a piece of music, produce something else. Sometimes I'd come in with something that I made before. I'd come up with some melodies on the spot. And then we just kind of tweak the lyrics together, the concept, the lyrics through just the chat. Wow. Is that simple? Oh, that's yeah. sick. Okay, very cool. So nobody was like writing a guitar riff and sending it over. No, I did all the music. Yeah, I did all the music and I worked in it and I brought it over to a good friend in LA and we kind of produced it, the rest of it out and, and threw a, a pretty simple mix and master on it. But, you know, we put that all out and, you know, all the kids who wrote on it, um, all the fans who wrote on it, you know, they have writing credit They have on Spotify. So um, that was, it was dope. It was a cool, uh, it was a really cool way to just kind of engage in a time where obviously people were looking for that yeah now how many writing credits do you think are out there now a decent amount on that ep yeah. for sure <laughs> that's yeah yo you're sharing yeah. the wealth man you're sharing it man <laughs> sharing it and and you know it's funny because you know a lot of people who aren't in music don't really understand how long it takes to get royalties for songs so I had left, um, I had left, I always remember this, I had left California, I was in Texas for a bit after COVID, I really just wanted to get out and travel a bit, and I had some close friends in Dallas, and I remember one day, I was like, it was like three weeks in, I kind of been off the internet for a while, and I was like going through my messages, and some kid had reached out and like, or sent me an email, I forget what it was, but they had accused me of like, taking all the funds for the EP, and like, going on a on a, on a trip no <laughs> they're like you took all the funds from the ep and just left and you're just traveling during covid and i was like it, you're so far off from everything that i'm just good uh, thanks for this thanks for this email but it was pretty funny <laughs> that's pretty jokes yeah you'll be no, hearing from his people <laughs> yeah he have a manager yeah 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 <laughs> it's his mom yeah yeah oh my gosh um so let's talk about the new full length Let's go a little before the a bit. Uh, my first question is, how did you get connected with Mark Hoppus? Yeah, so I wrote this album, uh, produced this album with um, John Feldman, who is a great producer. I love him. Um, <clears throat> he's a good, he's, he's, he's a beast and a uh, good dude. Um, so we made this t together and I, I, I wasn't sure if I wanted to, to do any features on the album, but I was open to the idea. Um, and of course, like uh, John's worked a lot with Blink-182 and um, a lot of, you know, there's some some essences of this album that has a lot of inspiration from Blink-182 and, and that time and that era. So it just felt fitting that maybe someone like Mark Coppice would want to come on and be a part of it. And so John shared it with Mark and, and Mark really liked Find My Own Way, and we, uh, yeah, we got together and we, we brought him on. Okay. Um, so how did that feel, being in the studio with Mark and John? It was great. Well, believe it or not, we actually, it was during COVID, I had left California. I was in Texas, so John just texted me one day, and he said, hey, do you want to, Mark Hoppus wants to be on, get on Find My Own Way. And I was like, so is that something you want to do? And I was like, yeah, absolutely. And so we actually got, so we actually did a session over Zoom like this. Um, and, you know, with, 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 uh, with where music software's at right now, right? Like yeah. John had, John, Mark was able to cut his vocals uh, from his studio in LA uh, in real time. They just printed onto John's session. Wow. 
Um, and we had like a, a mix the next day that was like pretty close to finish, but no, it was awesome. I, I, I still met him in person. I hope to meet him soon. We, uh, it was a great, it was a really cohesive, quick session. Um, he came with some ideas and he was really, really welcoming to my ideas. I was, I was like kind of, you know, tentative, you know, to say like, Hey man, I, I think we should change this. I think this could be better. Um, and he was super cool and you know i put out a thought and he said yeah no that's better like let's go there so um you know super super humble dude and uh it was just a pleasure to to make that song bring it to bring him on and feature in it for sure yeah totally yeah it's it's yeah. pretty cool um now you you did you were in the studio with john feldman like yeah yeah we did this we did this whole album together at, at john's studio in uh in calabasas in, in los angeles yeah okay so how how's that like working with a big time producer like him like he's i don't know if you listen to atreyu at all but whatever he's done with them in the last two albums is just he's like mastered pop metal with that band yeah yeah he's john's created a sound that's like unparalleled in a lot of essences and look he's he's been doing it forever right yeah, and yeah. he's just really owned his craft and he works really quickly and he does a lot he takes a lot on and he works really hard and he's brought on great people to help him and um working with john was a was an incredible growing experience for me you know it got me it really sharpened my whole creative process it also taught me you know i i had a lot of visions and 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 opinions on what i wanted to do with the album and um John realized that and he realized I was a pretty stubborn guy and he was cool enough to allow me to really um uh stay stay true to what I wanted to do with the album you know I think that was a cool ex I think if you asked him you'd say it was a cool experience for him too to get to see um you know I like to blend genres and I never like something to be too one thing right like if there's a record and it's starting to sound too much like a blink record I'm gonna want to mess with the drums or I'm gonna want to take out the guitar i'm gonna want to fuck it up or I'm, you know what i mean i'm gonna want to do yeah, things yeah. to not ever let it feel uh i i like if i like the music for myself to be unique to what i do and feel novel and never feel like it's really just ripping one artist or one sound so he was really cool about that and we and yeah john taught me a ton right he taught me how to be a better melody writer he taught me how to be a better producer he taught me how to hear music differently and more sharply um and I'd like to think I've taught him a, a thing or two as well, um, just in my passion for writing lyrics and how serious I am about lyrics and right, right. how the lyrics are, while the melody and the production is incredibly important, uh, I'd I like to think, um, and I think anyone who works with me would attest to it as well, that I, I approach lyrics in a, a very careful, meticulous way. Um, and while sometimes it might not sound like that on the record, because I still like it to feel simple and relatable right. um i think it also is the reason why some simple playful songs that i have also if you really listen they have some depth and they have some some essence to life in them that you might have to listen a couple times to pick up on yeah 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 i definitely caught myself a few times like as soon as like a song ended i'm like i want to listen to that one once more <laughs> nice yeah man and i love i think you nailed it on the head there when you said you know, you want to give off a certain vibe for the song, like whether it's I want to give off a Blink-182 vibe or like a 21 Pilots vibe, but I also want to make it my own. Because that's how I felt listening to it. I was like, oh, I'm getting like an early Blink vibe, but it's different. Yeah. It's still good. It's unique. So good job, man. Thank you, man. I appreciate that.
Yeah. Well, even if you go to Blink, like I just recently have discovered the band Fugazi. <coughs> okay. Through yeah. Tom DeLonge, uh, and he always pointed as that being his inspiration. And when you go listen to Fugazi, you can hear Tom playing guitar in it. He's like. Oh, that's where that sound came from. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, self-titled um, yeah. album they did. But uh, okay, so let's. I, I need a nerd out for a second because uh, I just think it's so sick that you worked with John Feldman. Um, you said he taught you how to write melodies better. How mm-hmm. how does that happen? Like, can you even can you describe that, or is that something you just had to be in the studio? I think you gotta, yeah, I think it's a subconscious thing. It's not like we sat and really uh, had a game plan or a playbook, right? You just kind of pick up on it. I think there's some similarities in John and I. We have some similarities in our vocals. We have some similarities in in our lives. And I think just the way he approached melody really resonated with me. Right. Um, and so I think I just kind of subconsciously picked up a lot on, is this a good melody or is this not? You know, and it was it was kind of also the camaraderie of like, you know, I I John would come up with would love to come up with ideas too, and like I said, I I, I really I'm not someone who uh, will really use someone else's idea. Um, it's not my style. I'm really yeah. stubborn. So it was like, all right, well, I gotta I gotta beat what he's doing, right? So um, it just kind of again, it, it it was just like a, a great camaraderie, and, and it really pushed me. It's like I really. Um, just grew a lot even subconsciously in that time working with him because it was fast paced. It was all about good melody. It was all about um, energy. And um, yeah, like I said, the one thing I'll remember that John said that um, that really uh, stuck with me. And I guess you could say it was like a piece of advice. I think it was the song heart to my head. It's the first song that a message from my heart to my head. It's the first song on the record. Um, And you know, it's, it's the, the course is, is pretty repetitive. And I, I was, I, sometimes I get heady when I write my music and I'm like, is, you know, do I need to change this here? Is this too simple? Is this too expected? Right. right. And I've always been that way. And I've liked to kind of complicate things sometimes. And, but that, with that song, you know, heart to my head, it's a repetitive line. I rem- remember saying something to John, like, Hey man, does this need to like change? Does this need to go somewhere else? Cause in my opinion, it just feels to expect it and he was just like the wheels on the bus go round and round round and round round and round that's like all he said um and you know like that even little things like that right it's just like you know it's okay for it to sometimes it, it works like sometimes that's what people love it's simple to you it sounds dumb to you but to someone sitting there listening it's it's subconsciously it's great that that melody sticks and and repeats three times so Stuff like that, you know, little things like that, I think, have, have sunk in along the way. And I've used it how I've wanted to. And I've made a lot of more um, alternative and artistic stuff since this record. You know, this is very, um, I wrote it very, like, intensely and strictly. Like, this is the structure. And this is where it's going to get, uh, every, as you can hear it probably, right? It's pretty pop forward. A lot of that was me being so, like, adamant about, like, quick moving structure that just fit. Um and recently I've got to kind of make some more kind of avant-garde stuff just for myself to kind of keep exploring, you know, but, um, yeah, this was really quick and really clean and, and just cut right to the, the, right to the, the guts of the songs. Yeah, man. That's, uh, that's super cool. I mean, again, to go with the melody thing and to bring up Tom again, Tom DeLong, 
I was watching his Ernie Ball uh, special, and he just talked about writing "Damn It" and songs early back in the day, and he was just going for a nursery rhyme vibe. Yeah. The small things. So simple, but it's so catchy. Yeah. And it really works. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, on the line of nursery rhymes, like on that same subject, you know, someone who I always thought did it so well. And I, and I've always kind of like kept it, especially in my, when I do stuff that's more hip hop for is like Eminem was the king of that man. Like his stuff was so catchy because he, it was literally just nursery rhymes. Like you could always follow it and it wasn't ever trying to be too complicated. And I always thought that was just brilliant. Yeah, man. Dude, like, Oh, what's that song? Uh, is it without me where it's like that whole instrumental intro and he's just like, na 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 like yeah yeah goes on yeah. for like 40 seconds the whole instrumental and he keeps it interesting the whole time which is just insane before he even starts rapping it's cool yeah that's cool yeah to man up. Um, so we live in the age you know the digital age you say where like a lot of artists drop eps or just here oh here's a single what made you want to do a full length yeah, so that's a great question. So I was on an interview earlier today, and uh, someone asked me a really tough question. She was like, is this the album that you've always wanted to make? Because it's like, you know, the debut. And I was like, Phew. she's like, is this everything you imagined? Like, wow, that's a, that was, that's a tough question. And I responded by saying, I don't know if it's the album I've always wanted to make. It's the album I never knew I was going to make. Because... Yeah. Um, this was actually going to be, uh, when John and I were working, the idea we had, I released this EP with John called Sobville episode one, and there were going to be multiple episodes. So I was going to do another EP. I, we maybe even were going to do a third. And, uh, we started doing these sessions when COVID hit and we just got in such a role and such a stride that, um, by the time we had finished over this course of like a month, it wasn't even long. We had this big body of work. And I just remember listening to it all and just being like, I don't want to do more EPs. Like, I want to make this an album. And so it's interesting because it, it even works into the whole title of the album, right? Because um, it was essentially 15 songs that were just made in a really truthful manner, all for the love of writing songs. And it's a batch of music that I said, hey, I want to make this into an album. So I kind of had to sit with it and say, okay, well, it's not like I approached this and said, okay, this is the theme or the concept of the album, and this is what it's going to be about, and this is what it's going to sound like, and, you know, this is going to be the story told. Like, there was none of that artsy shit, right? Like, it was the opposite. It was like, let's just, let's write great songs. Um, so when I sat with it and I was like, all right, well, there's, there wasn't a theme. What, if this is going to be an album, what is it? And as I sat there and tried to, fit a circle into a square or whatever the expression was and it just wasn't working i was like all right i think i need to really step away and say like just what genuinely what is this i've always liked to keep things genuinely like not trying to be some artsy concept what is this and i was like it's it's really just honest songs about where i was at you know last year um and it just felt like all right if it's honest it's not fake so that's where nonfiction came up it was like truthful songs about about life so Dude, I love that that question you just asked, like analyzing what you're making and just what is it like that? I feel like I don't know why that's resonating with me so hard, but that is such an important question when you are writing something. Yeah. An album. What is it going to be? Yeah. What is it or why? Right. Like the why is yeah. super important. Like, I, look, I love writing songs. It's one of my favorite things to do. And I could sit there and write 
whatever and and have a great time but at the end of the day for me it's always like whenever i'm writing a song like i'll always be checking like why why this song like am i just writing a song to sound cool and like for to to be cool you know and to me that's never been i I get why other people do that and i get why and i get that six songs come out of them some of my favorite songs do not have like that much depth but um but for me and why i do it it was always for me like you know i never thought i was the best vocalist you know i never uh thought that um sorry i might have lost you there never thought i was the best vocalist never thought i was when i was first starting you know a lot has developed over the years but um i was like i know the one thing that is going to allow me to pull this off is just relying on writing stuff that is unique to me that no one else can replicate that to me was like the only thing i knew i had going for me like genuinely knew i knew i'd figure out the other stuff but i knew that if i wanted a shot it was going to have to be unique to me and novel and say something that other artists weren't saying right and so i've always kind of kept that even as i've become a better performer as i've become a much better singer as i've learned to build a better uh brand and market my music all this stuff right like that's still like at the core of what i do is like if i'm writing a song and it feels like something recycled or it feels like a concept or feels like an emotion that's just like one dimensional and not multi-faceted i'm i'm out like i'm not interested like i'll cut the session you know i'm done so so that was that's always been super important and and like you said yeah the what what is this is a super important question and even more important to me back to the question of like when you asked earlier what keeps you going it's like the why it's like why am i doing this is it just to do it and to be something to be something for the sake of being something or is there something there that's like genuine and novel to me that i feel is worthy of pursuing a career that's pretty pretty self-centered you know so yeah that's that's a that's a long answer but that's how i feel about yeah glad you went in depth with it man goes along with uh how you write lyrics man and we appreciate you diving so deeply into that stuff absolutely um now let's let's get out of the studio and we should talk about live you've said uh, that you like to create a unique experience live can you describe what what a arrested you show would look like arrested what would an arrested you show look like a lot of fun that's it can you imagine fun in your head and then just whatever comes to you just put yourself there and and look at a backdrop that says arrested youth and that's right where you are now i'm the the show is the show is i mean it's it's fun man it's it's uh it's got dark undertones to it as you probably hear in this album there's some darkness to it and i love the show to have that more gritty darkness to the overall vibe of it but it's also got a lot of youth and a lot of energy and a lot of charisma. Um, that's a big part of how I like to perform. Um, it's, it's a rock show at the end of the day, right? But at, at the same time, a lot of the movement and a lot of the structure and a lot of just the feeling of the show still has its roots in like hip hop and chili peppers and stuff that's more rhythmic, right? As you can hear with the music. So just like the music is hybrid i think the show is a real hybrid too i think when you see the show you're kind of trying to figure out what box to put my myself and my band in you're trying to understand right like is it a rock band or is this 
hip hop or but but I what I do know is the energy and 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 the way we do the show is you're entertained the whole time that the question is is kind of a moot point, you know. Yeah, that's a great way to put it, man. Like in our research, you know, I saw you open up for Young Blood and Grandson, and like you just said you can't really put their shows in a box. Is this a punk show? Is this a rock show? Is it a hip hop show? Right. I remember seeing like a video of you guys playing a club you stage dive in and it's like, Oh, that ceiling is seven feet high and you're still going to, your, your head is probably going to clip the ceiling. Or when you play like festivals, I saw someone commented like, Oh, you jumped in the crowd and you broke my glasses. So worth it. <laughs> I was like, That's the thing. You, you're taking all these elements and you're putting in a unique spin on the show. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that's like what music is now. Right. Like just like the live show, that's how music is. It's like, whatever the genre is it's cool but like is it is it do do we can it does the fan connect is it fun do they find reason to enjoy it is there energy like whether you're taking elements of whatever whatever genres you want at, in, in the same way that the music is it's fair game in the music i think it's fair game in, in the shows these days and i think that just provides a lot of um a lot of just freedom to do whatever you want as as artists right which is cool which should be the way right <laughs> Yeah, totally. Man, gears are spinning, man. Yeah, you're inspiring a lot of like ideas in my head right now. That's that's very cool. Um, yeah. So well, let's talk. You, you yeah. talked earlier, but like you were rehearsing earlier today. Um, did you have like your full band? Was it a full band rehearsal? No, so, no. So actually, I, I head out to LA um, in early July to get together with the band uh, for the first time since COVID. Um, I've been here, I've been doing a lot of rehearsing on my own and, uh, a big thing for me with this album and for this, for the live show and in, in the next year was, um, there was a certain level of vocal growth that I wanted to reach myself as a performer. Um, and so what I've been doing here is kind of just like a performance boot camp for myself. Like I perform over, I, I, I do no backing tracks these days. I, I perform over straight instrumental, um, and the idea for me is, can I create uh, a vocal performance in this whole album and this whole show that can stand on its own with nothing, with no, with no backing? Um, and that's kind of been the goal. Um, obviously, we will add in backing, as many modern bands do, um, yeah. to an extent. Yeah. But that was really the goal for my. It's, it was like a real personal goal. It was like no one's gonna see this work that I'm doing for these. Like I've been doing it since. Um, march right like no one's gonna really know these yeah, like five yeah. months where i where i sang karaoke for like two hours a day but for me it was all about me knowing it was about like me getting on the stage and knowing that i'm just the the, the, the audience will know when they hear the vocal but me knowing like uh just having that next level of self-satisfaction myself of getting to a point to be the performer and the vocalist that i've always wanted to be so that's kind of been my process uh, here is is just spending time with myself uh, and the music and the vocal and just getting it to a point where I feel really good. Yeah, man. Yeah, you're putting in the 10,000 hours. Be ready for yeah. the tour. Man. Yeah, you must be looking forward to that. It's going to be great. Who who do you have opening for you on the tour? Are you guys completely? Good question. Um, Still, still deciding. That's uh, something. <laughs> Look at that. Um, that's still something that... Um, that uh, we're actually locking in here in the next uh, in the next week and and uh, 
yeah so i i, I would say but i don't have the i don't want to i don't want to give you guys the answer and then that not be the case so there's a couple of, i'll just say there's a couple of very talented um artists that um i'd be grateful to have any of them come on the road with us so we'll see we'll see who it is yeah man that's, that's exciting that's awesome. man yeah uh so one last thing um nonfiction, the clothing brand yeah yeah tell us about it what do you what are you doing with it you bringing this out on the road i'm assuming yeah, the nonfiction series is going to be out um, for a tour, absolutely, and some, with some additional pieces as well. Um, I know a lot of sports have been wanting like a real classic tour tee, um, and as opening for these artists, right? Like, I just feel like it's never been right, right? Like, fans really want like that tour tee that's got the dates and that's yeah. got like my ugly face slapped across it, and they want that, right? And I've just been waiting because I'm like, you know out of respect to the the artist whose tour it is it's like this is this isn't our tour i'm not going to sell you a uh arrested you so-and-so tour when it's not our tour so there's a couple pieces like that that are coming too that are like this is this is our tour so i'm going to put whatever the fuck i want out um but <laughs> so that's exciting yeah. so there so th yeah so there'll be some new additions and um yeah and i, I hope i don't know uh i guess this run we're not coming up to to Canada, but hopefully when we're when we're out in the spring, uh, I'd love to see you guys at the show. Yeah, man. Yeah, I was I was I was listening to the new album. And I was like, I would love to see this guy. Yeah, love. hell yeah. So that's why if you do come to Canada, we will come to a show for sure. Yeah, dude, absolutely. There's some there's some tickets. There's some tickets with your name on it. Just let me know when that day comes. Dude, that's awesome. Uh, we appreciate that. It'd be, it'd be sweet to check out. But um. Well, man, we just want to thank you so much for coming onto the show. You've shared of course. Personal stuff and some great wisdom. And uh, <laughs> sounds like you should tend to your dogs. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, man. Thanks so much. And like, it's inspiring because you said you know three and a half, four years of doing this, and you were you've accomplished so much, man. And I'm excited to see you grow from yeah. here. Thank you guys so much. I I really I really appreciate that and. Um, th thank you for the incredibly thoughtful questions too. This has been an awesome conversation and, um, it's stuff like this that I, I love to do with people like you guys who, who ask thoughtful stuff and care. So I, the same goes to you all. Thank you. I hope I wish you guys the best with this podcast. And again, I hope to see you guys uh, at a show and we can connect in person. Totally, man. We'll yeah. come to more than one. Yeah. How about that? Yeah. Okay. All, all right. right that sounds good. You take care. All right, guys. You all too. See ya. See ya. Man, what a great episode that was. What a great chat. Very great chat, man. That guy, like we said in the intro, is just on another level. What You should be a motivational speaker. <laughs> <laughs> Hi, I'm, uh, my name is Ian. I'm 27-year-old, and I'm a motivational speaker. <laughs> yeah, uh, you can do it, man. Um, um, learn tons from him. Uh, and like you said check out arrested youth he's uh he's a talented talented artist and his new album nonfiction is out now he just announced a tour running the second half of august and the first half of september they are just u.s dates uh right, just yep. because with they're obviously with the situation in the world right now international touring is kind of difficult 
Yep. But um, I will tell you right now, if he has some Southern Ontario, Southwestern Ontario shows planned, we're going to be there. We're going to oh, go yeah. to those shows. Yep. And uh, come say hi to us. <laughs> we'll carpool with you. They don't know what we look like because we only yeah. talk. You know what? We'll still carpool. We'll just, you call us up. We'll come get you. Oh. Even though you're there, wow. And then they'll just be like, you'll be like, hey, we don't know uh, if we're getting into a red golf or a green Kia. It's brown. Uh, is it brown? It's brown. Okay, well, I'm partially colorblind, so... Uh, yo. Oh, really? <laughs> a now little bit. I feel like an a-hole. <laughs> uh, it's all good, buddy. I always thought it was green, but who knows? I don't pay attention to cars as much as I should. Anywho, that sounds like I don't pay attention while I drive. Yep, this, is, no, n- this is going great. This is a great <laughs> outro. Everyone who's stayed this far, thank you. We appreciate it. Yes, yeah, thank you very much. Um, man... Just one more thing before we go out. Uh, Nick, I saw your post yesterday. Very sad news. It's kind of relevant considering um, Arrested Youth has a song with Mark Hoppus. Um, Yep. I'm a very big fan of Blink and everything they've done. And uh, Mark Hoppus has cancer. Mm -hmm. Very sad day. We're going to, we're going to, I'm going to share a little secret with our listeners who again, if you've listened this long, you deserve to hear this little secret. So when we record this episode, we recorded it before Arrested Youth's album came out. Right. But we knew this was coming out after the album. So that's why in the interview you hear us say, Oh, the album's out, blah, blah, blah. Right. But in reality, it wasn't actually out, but we still got to hear it. Everything we said with Ian is a hundred percent true. Uh, we talked about yeah. Mark Hoppus a little bit. This is before the news broke about his cancer. And it, it's, it is a total bummer, 100%. Yeah. I mean, I've, I've only seen Blink once uh, in my life. And it was just after, it was on their reunion tour oh, wow. in 2009. Yep. So, you know, Travis had his plane crash. That, they got back together. They, they were so happy on stage. Nice. And Mark was uh, smiling ear to ear, and I remember I just was like, "Hey, he was he was the happiest musician I've ever seen on stage." And it's it's a bummer, but you know what? He's he's gonna do getting it. help for it. Yeah, exactly. He's gonna do it. Mm-hmm. So, um, with that being said, um, I guess that's the end of the show. I think we should cut it. Hmm. Yeah, <laughs> go go stream and. Go download if you're in the states. Check out Nonfiction Live. Check out Arrested Youth album. It's yes. fantastic. Absolutely. Uh, also, go check out the new single from Texas King. Oh boy, it's not myself. Got to plug that again. It's a great song. Yeah, I and, appreciate uh, that. That's very nice. No, you guys, you guys have another hit. Uh, and uh, well, the rest you of the EPs, you know, just as good. <laughs> let's hope fingers crossed i'm hoping the same thing <laughs> well i'll tell you this the songs i've heard a plus oh yeah yeah okay thanks <laughs> <laughs> oh my god thanks for checking out the show everyone um yes thanks uh goodbye <laughs> bye everyone <laughs> <laughs>